0: Hello and welcome to A Future Made. I'm Anna
1: Pozhaisky, a material scientist and writer. And I'm Robbie Armstrong, a reporter and journalist. Together we are bringing you A Future Made, a podcast by Harriet Watt University.
0: In the series, we find out how pioneering research at Harriet watt University in the fields of science, business, psychology, technology, design, sports, engineering, brewing and distilling, that list gets longer every time, is helping to change the future, solve the problems of today and make an impact on the global stage. Today, we're hearing from academics at the university's International Centre for Brewing and Distilling, or the ICBD for short.
1: We'll speak to Rachel Sutherland, David Jenkins, and Rutelli Marcelloniti about what makes the course an industry benchmark. Plus, we'll hear from Harriet Watt alumna Bhavya Mandana, who's a master brewer with drinks giant Carlsberg. I'm also going to take a wee trip around Edinburgh to meet some of the ICBD alumni making moves in the worlds of beer and
2: whiskey. There's not one brewery, distillery, anything in the drinks business that hasn't had at least one alumnus come through from the Harriet Watt program. It's the Harvard of brewing and distilling.
0: I can't tell you how many van trips I've done up to Scotland and like done whiskey tours and distilleries. And yeah, I'm obsessed with it. I love it. I love how it's kind of um, related to the place and tradition. Um, So I'm very, very excited for this episode.
1: Excellent. Cool. So yeah, I am also a bit of a whiskey and beer nerd. I do quite a lot of drinks writing and also just quite a bit of drinking, which I managed to get (laughs) paid for, which is a bit of a miracle. And Harriet Watts' course is really like I said, an industry benchmark, but it is a world-leading course that not only in Scotland, the UK, Europe, but also people from all around the world come to study at Heriot Watts specifically for this course, not just because it equips people with the tools to work in the industry but because it combines brewing and distilling in one place Mm. and it teaches you the science but also how to set up and run a business and increasingly looking at smaller businesses as well so say setting up a craft brewery or working at one of the smaller distilleries so it is a course that really shapes the industry in Scotland and beyond that's really cool the course was set up following lots of hard work from actually Harriet Watt's chancellor, Jeff Palmer, but back in 1989, the course's foundations can be traced all the way back to 1903. So first up, we're going to hear from Dr. David Jenkins, an assistant professor at the ICBD, to give us an idea of the course and what makes it renowned at home and abroad.
3: It's a course that looks at brewing and distilling, which is, is quite unusual. Some people have dabbled with one or either, but we we cover both and we really draw on the rich history in Scotland of both those industries. Obviously, probably the most famous export is um, Scotch whisky, but there's an awful lot of brewing that has been done in Scotland as well. um, And that's really why this course was set up and how it's interacted with the country itself.
1: All right, there you go. That's David Jenkins, who is a bit of a yeast expert himself. His Twitter handle is Yeasty Dave, which I found absolutely (laughs) hilarious. Um, And he has been looking into yeast for years, but also looking at quality aspects like haze and spirits and flavour stability in beer. Mm. And these are things that are all influenced by yeast and fermentation, which is integral to both of those processes. So, yeah, maybe you could explain... A little bit about yeast, your thoughts on yeast and also maybe the difference between brewing and distilling.
0: I was going to throw that question over to you, the expert. (laughs) 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 Yeah, you know, yeast is such a funny, like scientific... Subject. And Dave said that it's unusual for the course to encompass both of those processes. Um, so what are those processes and why would you not normally find them together?
1: I guess the quick answer is that they, sh- they it makes perfect sense for them to be taught together because whiskey starts out the same way as beer does. Mm. The difference is at one point it'll bifurcate and the distillers will take the beer off and then they'll start to distill it. Mm-hmm. And when they distill it, it'll, you know, they'll apply heat and then the vapour will pass up the line arm of the still and then it'll go over the top as a distilled spirit which is you know clarified purified and will be clear rather than cloudy mm-hmm. but to wind it back you would start with water yeast and malted barley normally mm. i mean beer they would then use a bunch of other flavorings you know and hops uh, afterwards but the the malting process that basically tricks the barley into thinking that it needs to germinate, I think. So then mm. they halt the germination process and that locks in sugars into the into the, the barley. And then through the beer making process, the convertible sugars would be turned into like alcohol and CO2 and it would Mm -hmm. unlock some of this sort of rich array of flavours that are contained within malted barley.
0: Right, so all through this podcast you've been saying that I'm the scientific expert and then you come out and tell me the scientific explanation (laughs) of how to make beer and whiskey. That's brilliant. Okay, I understand now.
1: So yeah, the centre runs a bunch of research projects collaborations and they invite industry figures producers suppliers people with specialist knowledge to come and speak to students
3: the amount of destinations our students go to is really wide ranging. so you kind of got the expected ones which are they go and be a brewer they go and be a distiller and they work in production and they help manage that process A lot will then rise up through the ranks um, within those industries. But we also see a lot who go to allied industries. So a lot of the skills we have translate to other beverages. So it might be soft drinks. Um, We've seen a massive rise in kombucha production across the world. And some of the skills required to make kombucha is obviously directly taken from what we know around brewing and distilling. There's also suppliers, so people who supply the brewing industry, they have some really interesting roles that sometimes our students end up in because they're looking for really technical knowledge, um, a good network, which actually students from Herit watt tend to have because they've studied with like-minded students who all want to go on to work in that industry. And that's a network that will really serve them well throughout their careers.
1: Let's bring in Rachel Sutherland, who is an assistant professor of brewing at the ICBD. She's responsible for teaching the brewing practical skills in the ICBD Pilot Brewery, and she's been at the ICBD for two decades.
4: It was commissioned and built in 1990, and we use this for teaching our students the practical skills of brewing to underpin the science they learn on their courses. We've got Caleb in the brewery today for Dr Holmes, who is teaching uh, some of our MSC students. They're running through a practical where they're looking at the influence of using darker grains when they're producing a beer and the effect that has on the final beer that they produce. They're using our small brew line that was commissioned last year. That's like a 50-litre brew line that we can use for short production runs, but we've also got our 200-litre or 2-hectolitre brewery that was commissioned in 1990 that we use for most of our brewing practical teaching. It's got all the fermenters that we use for producing the beer and then... Uh, maturing the beer, and then we can filter and package off beer as well for doing final tasting.
1: One of the most interesting projects that the students get the chance to take part in at the ICBD is the opportunity to brew and release a beer with Stuart Brewing. Stuart Brewing are based in, I think, Lonehead. They're based just outside of Edinburgh
4: so every year um, students are invited to apply to be a one of the team members for natural selection brewing we select four student members who take on four distinct roles the purpose is that during the uh, dissertation period they're producing a final beer that's going to be marketed and sold throughout scotland so the purpose is to develop a beer style there'll be a project manager who oversees the entire project a head brewer that develops the recipe. There'll be a sales manager who's in charge of how it's sold and a marketing manager who looks after how it's marketed and presented to the public.
0: Wow, that's so cool. When I was at uni, all we did was take apart a lawnmower
1: in our practicals,
0: but this sounds like way more creative and delicious.
1: (laughs) I mean, that's still way more practical skills than I got studying French and history at uni. I don't think I did anything. The most practical I got was sort of, you know, like, you know, pretending to be French or reading <laughs> a you know, French comic or something <laughs> like that. Yeah.
0: I mean, it was fun. It was fun, but we didn't get to drink any of the components afterwards.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's not brewing a beer. So the beer world, like many industries, has had its fair share of sexism allegations. I think it was it was rocked by the sort of Me Too movement.
4: In the last few years, we've seen massive change. I mean, it is predominantly still a male industry. And unfortunately, it's still seen as a male industry. But there's an awful lot of extremely talented women that work in the brewing industry, distilling industry and ancillary industries. So any opportunity that I can be involved with International Women's Day, Beers Without Beards movement and Women in Beer, we try to get involved. So recently, myself and Dawn Maskell presented at the Women in Beer Festival Each year we do our best to do either a collaboration brew or just a brew on campus for International Women's Day where we invite the female students from any of the year groups that want to be involved and when we can we try to invite female brewers in from the industry to be involved just as an opportunity not only for a really fun brew day but it's a good networking event. It's a good opportunity for our students to interact with people that are well experienced in the industry to hear about some of the the issues they might have faced or challenges or just how to enjoy being a female in the brewing industry
0: yeah those type of networks are so so important and the brewing day sounds like a really fun way of networking with like-minded people
1: okay so talking about women blazing trails time to bring in a whiskey flavor scientist at Harriet Watts ICBD
5: so my name is Rutale Marcellonita. I'm a PhD student at Harriet Watt University. I'm in ICBD and I'm doing my doctoral studies in whiskey. And we're trying to achieve nutty coffee flavored whiskey just by natural whiskey production process. Okay, so we're in the distilling lab at Harriet Watt University. And uh, we can see a lot of copper stills and most of them are very small, like even half a liter. And these are the samples I distilled using the malt we just roasted in our small roaster. So this is a sample with none roasted malt, so it's just normal whiskey. But this sample has 50% of roasted malt. So they're very, very different characters and uh, we can taste them or we can smell them. So normally in my research, uh, we don't rely on our noses. We put the, the sample in the chemical analysis machine, like uh, mass spectrometry, gas chromatography, and they tell us what molecules are in the spirits and at what quantities those molecules are there. So we can compare them very precisely and uh, we can see in, on a chemical level what happens during roasting or distilling. Okay, so the, the first glass is the, the unroasted. <laughs> you can smell it, it has very grassy aromas. And the, the second glass is roasted malt, so it has those chocolatey notes.
1: You know, this one, like you were saying, is quite grassy. It's almost like a grappa or something. It's got that new make vibe. Whereas with this, at first, it's got that sort of raw alcohol, but then afterwards you get this like sweet, caramelized, chocolatey note, and it's really clear and really distinct. We now in the lab, we know that
5: the difference is there and that we can use it. So we're just trying to uh, get more data and get sensory data, which is involving people and which are tasting whiskeys. So we want to present it to the industry that this is uh, what we can do and the flavors are there and you can all use it and create a novel flavor in whiskey. That sounds like you
0: had such a fun day visiting their lab.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I loved it. I mean, it's very forward thinking for the whiskey world there's sometimes a bit of resistance to change and even when there is change in the whiskey sphere it takes 5, 10, 15 years for you to start to see that change filtering through into products so to see something at the cutting edge is absolutely fascinating.
0: We'll be back with more stories from Harriet watts International Centre of Brewing and Distilling in just a moment. The first, we're going to hear from Harriet watt graduate Bavia Mandana, master brewer with drinks giant Carlsberg, about how being at the university gave her new and brilliant opportunities out in the real world.
6: Hi, I'm Bavia Mandana. I'm originally from Bangalore, India. I came to Harriet watt University in 2009 to study the Masters in Brewing and Distilling. I decided to do the Masters in Brewing and Distilling at Harriet Water University because it was the most well-renowned course for my subject of interest in brewing and distilling globally. The best part that I enjoyed uh, about university was the very open, warm and welcoming culture both at the university and outside in the city of Edinburgh and the industry connections to the university that helped you get exposure into the real world where you would ultimately secure a job and build the right networks. I'm currently working as the Global Science and Technology Director at Diageo. What I particularly love about the job is it connects both academics and it connects real-world science and application within our operations end-to-end within the supply chain. I don't think people realize how much of science goes into making alcoholic beverages, and it's absolutely amazing how much of biology, chemistry, physics, maths, you you name it, it's all a part of making that perfect drink. And I absolutely love that. So, to find out more about studying at Harriet Watt, go to www.hw.ac.uk. We hope to see you here. You're
0: listening to A Future Made, a podcast from Harriet Watt University with Anna Pozhaisky and Robbie Armstrong.
1: So far, we've been hearing from academics at the University's International Centre for Brewing and Distilling. Still to come, we'll hear from brewers and distillers from the Harriet Watts stable, who are going on to do great things in the world of whisky and beer. On the topic of alumni, Anna, I wanted to introduce Michael Johnston, who's a brewer who studied at the ICBD, and he is the founder of Walkie Talkie Brewing. (laughs) I went along to the Biscuit Factory, which is like a sort of co-working multi-use space in Leith, where he's based, to hear about his time at Harriet
2: Watt. I, I joined the Harriet Watt Brewing and Distilling Program in the autumn of 2019, and was really coming to learn how to make whiskey, to be honest. We learned a lot on the course, you know, everything from application, you know, really getting into the science, obviously the the biology and the chemistry that's involved in all the process of making alcohol not just beer but but spirits as well and i was lucky enough to uh, apply for and become one of the members of the natural selection uh, program back in 2019 2020 unfortunately we fell into the lockdown wall that was the covid 19 pandemic so we weren't able to bring it to completion but the few months that we were able to partner with Stuart brewing it was really invaluable to get on the floor to start recipe developing what would eventually would have been our beer um, as well as just seeing the application in real world. I think as great as it was being in the labs at Harriet Watt it was really nice to see the the real world application at Stewart and seeing how breweries are actually run the beer that we were planning on making uh, for natural selection that year actually became our first release at walkie-talkie the Warner Blondale so it obviously had an impact both, you know, you know, for, for, for me as a student, but for me as a professional as well. Whenever someone comes and asks me, like, what benefits did you get from Harriet Watt? What, should I join? Should I apply to, to the Harriet Watt program? Absolutely, I, I say, yeah, if, if you've got a science background that helps, you don't necessarily need it, but as much as you're learning about the science and all the technical aspects the biggest to me, I always say, it, it's almost like going to an Ivy League school back in the States. It's the Harvard of brewing and distilling. There's not one brewery, distillery, anything in the drinks business that hasn't had at least one alumnus come through from the Harry Watt program. And that network is open up to you. It's wide. It's people from the course. So guys and gals that you're actually on the course with. But it's also folks that had been, been there before. And that connection through not only you know, you personally, but through the school itself, there's always doors that are going to be open just based on the fact that someone that went to school here is now out in the world. And it's worldwide. There's people now that I have connections with from, you know, Hanoi to Shanghai, all the way back home into the States, down in Mexico, up in Norway. Literally, there's not one part of the world that I don't now have someone that I knew from the course or through the course. So I think that's just a really special connection you get through Harriet Watt.
0: I mean this guy's surely on commission like (laughs) he couldn't have talked more highly about that course that's really awesome
1: yeah he was perfect okay so I went along to visit Jonathan Hamilton not far down the road in Leith and he is a brewer and one of the founders of one of Scotland's most exciting new breweries which is called New Barnes and they're on Jane Street so they're opposite Pilot Brewery which is one of Edinburgh's big craft breweries and there's also Campervan just down the road and Moonwake is close by there is this craft brewing scene in this part of Edinburgh so Johnny started off at Beavertown in 2016 which is a brewery in Walthamstow that was founded by that's where I live really
0: sorry to interrupt you yeah I live in Walthamstow
1: oh oh right all the cool stuff's happening in Walthamstow (laughs) yeah
0: carry on I just got excited hearing my town.
1: <laughs> so yeah, there's loads of breweries in Walthamstow actually. But this one was founded by Logan Plant in twenty eleven. So the son of Robert Plant of Led Zeppelin fame.
0: Amazing. And
1: it's gone on to be you know, to become one of the UK's biggest craft breweries and got bought over by heineken actually so he met there uh, fred who works in sales at new barns and then gordon and emma the other co-founders they were working at kernel brewery in bermondsey so that's one of the original london craft breweries that would go on to inspire these a hundred small breweries that went on to set up in the capital so this real sort of rich brewing scene Mm. and i went down to meet johnny in the new tap room of their brewery
7: I think I was in a very interesting year at Harriet Watts where it was just on the brink of kind of a burgeoning kind of craft beer movements and I think prior to that, obviously the course has been going for a long time, it was quite set up for industrial brewing and this was maybe one of the first years where we'd seen a lot of American and other uh, students from around the world traveling to Harriet Watt to learn to, with the specific reason of opening or working in a small brewery of this sort of size. So with that came a really cool community where we got to meet people who'd worked in breweries before and then were just here to learn to bulk up their scientific knowledge. And you got people who, who studied things completely different to brewing because it was the master's course. You had people who'd studied, you know, art, art history or, you know, language who are now trying to do a bit of a change in career and with that there was a lot of different points of knowledge and you know brewing is always something that is you know mainly science and you know there's but there is a creative element or especially in the craft sector where it's not just science and you would make very boring beer if you just made it by the books so I think having those big collective of people who can discuss and share ideas was really important and we spent a lot of time at that course uh, picking each other's brains and teaching ourselves a lot of stuff like outside of. We had a lot of study, study groups and we had a lot of like even just going to the pub and chatting with people and like, you know, especially with Americans, like they were so their beer scene is so far ahead of ours in terms of that style of beer. Obviously, we've got a very historical you know, link to beer in the UK, but for people who are getting into making pale ales and hoppy beers, to be able to chat directly to people who made them in the states in bigger in breweries that are huge you know is really really useful and uh whilst obviously i learned a lot of technical stuff and i learned a lot of like knowledge and science that i still use to this day i think one of the, mo- the most important things that year was the, the the group of people and the sharing of ideas and you know i'm still close with a lot of those people and if i find myself in you know denver or utah or something like that where someone i know someone went on to work at i will go visit their brewery or distillery and catch up because yeah we we all worked really hard that year i think we've all gone on to do all going on to do great things it's nice like looking at the alumni from that year and be like wow everyone like we actually have a on the bar right now we have a, a collaboration beer with a brewery called Dea, who are based in cheltenham and yeah, Theo was in my year. And yeah, you know, we, we, we're on different paths and we didn't really chat for years. And now we're in a position where our two breweries from the same year and Harry Watt are able to collaborate and just hang out. And we've made two beers with them and just they have a very, they're much bigger than us, but we share a lot in common.
1: Hmm. That's so nice. So I think that's quite enough about beer because it is the international centre of brewing and distilling and we've neglected it a little bit. So time to introduce Mark Watson, who worked at Shetland Real Gin, Eden Mill and then Bonnington Distillery before becoming head of spirits operations at Holyrood Distillery, which is one of the city's newest distilleries.
8: We reference a lot of, of brewing history. Edinburgh's a brewing town. Edinburgh was traditionally a brewing town got North British which has done us an incredible um, service for the last hundred years of of whiskey in the city and obviously all the maturation that used to happen in Leith and the blending that happened down there but single malt wasn't as a a thing in Edinburgh as much as it is now so for us our reference points within how we make the spirit come from the brewing side, come from um, all the breweries that have have been around us in this place in the city. We do a lot of work within three key areas of interest for ourselves. That is sort of looking at the industry past and sort of unearthing little gems for us within the malt space. That is uh, within heritage barley. So that starts off from all the way back in the 1850s with Chevalier, moving to then Plumage Archer, uh, Maris Otter, Golden Promise. And then at the moment we're using Laureate. I could see us moving to Diablo when that comes around to see what, what everything that they give us in terms of flavor. And then we have the specialty malt project with Retali, which really gives us an insight of what specialty malts we can use and what they're gonna deliver for us, what impacts we're gonna have on yield, how it's gonna affect the fermentation times. And her study has been absolutely incredible for me as a, as a distillery manager and the, the tools it gives me to make decisions that have impact on flavor. And then the third area of interest we have is with uh, novel yeast strains, um, and that is looking at uh, different yeast strains and what they can deliver within the first two aspects of the first two things. So not just on their own, but how, they, how we put them all together and, and how we can really uh, build complex spirits we're not here to take from the industry. We're here to give it back, and, and the learnings that we have with our PhD study should be exalted. They, we should talk about them. We should publish them. There have been a, the backbone of what we've been making here for three years, and and we're so happy that the vitellia studies is like really one. It's coming to an end, which is going to be sad for us. Uh, but two, it's been an incredible way for us to cement our relationship with Harriet Watt. There's a lot of symbiotic relationship there. I mean, we've done we did 18 mashes for the study in a commercial size distillery, and I don't think that's really ever been done before on that sort of scale. But for us, that knowledge is hugely important to make better decisions in terms of spirit and what we can make. And if we can just help further the industry along in terms of flavor, then that, that's incredible. I mean, I think uh, as of January, we're still in the process of finalizing it, but I will be going back to do my PhD at Harriet Watt as well. So that'll be the third time going back. But I think for us as as a business, as Hollywood as a business, we understand how how massively beneficial that relationship has been for us for the last uh, three and a bit years to understand what we make and how we make it. The level of knowledge I gained from the course is still fundamental to some decisions I make or some papers and and the reading and the journal articles I still read today are the knowledge I've gained from that allows me to to properly use them. The other side of it is the connections I've made during the course period have been invaluable in in my later career. Those levels of connections I don't think you would get anywhere else. There's so many like-minded people that are passionate about something in the room at one time and you can't help but be excited by that when you're there.
1: So I did lie to you about the beer bit because the <laughs> influence and inspiration they draw from brewing is is so important to what the distillery does and what make it so exciting. And indeed, Rutelli's project with them is is fundamentally inspired by, you know, the tradition of porter and stout and dark malts.
0: Yeah, he talked about a symbiotic relationship between his business and the university, but that mirrors the symbiotic relationship between the beer and the whiskey. Oh, (laughs) wow. That
1: was neat. That was so smooth. (laughs) Am I I a good journalist, Robbie? (laughs) Uh, Yeah, and there's these symbiotic relationships, you know, all throughout the course and a lot of the students you know are maybe working at Stuart Brewery on their bottling line and then you know they might make a beer as part of the natural selection brewing Mm. and then some graduates might go on to work at Stuart or any of the other you know breweries or distilleries in the city or, or beyond so there is a real rich ecosystem. Alright, so I basically thought it would be remiss having talked about all of this wonderful, delicious beer and alcohol, for you not to be able to try some of these delicious wares. So I sent you a little package and see you've it arrived well and there's been no yep, explosions, no, no breakages, which is a plus. You've got in front of you a beer from Walkie Talkie Brewco, which is Michael Johnston's brewery. You've got a uh, New Barns, which is Johnny's mm-hmm. uh, beer,
0: table beer. Ingredients: water, hops, yeast, oats, barley. Oh yeah, that's very nice. I would definitely drink that.
1: I mean, that's what they're going for: is drinkability. That's the first and foremost consideration here. They just want to basically make the sort of beers that they want to drink.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I would one hundred percent buy
1: this again. Next one, yes. Yeah, so just show me which um, walkie-talkie it is. I can't remember the name.
0: It's called Hazy Blonde Ale. Wanna? I like it, but I prefer the first one. I would definitely drink them both.
1: So this is like a hazy golden golden ale, like a pale ale. But I, what I quite like about what Michael's doing is he's sort of bringing, like I say, American brewing techniques um, and Scottish brewing techniques together. So a good example here is he's using. Malted barley, wheat, and then Scottish oats. Right. And Cascade and citra hops. So he's using American hops, Scottish oats. Yeah. Sort of bringing together American and Scottish. So it is this very like, tran- transatlantic beer. We've got the Holyrood New Make as the last drink.
0: Okay. So what are we looking at here? Ooh, chocolate
1: malt. They don't have a whiskey yet because their whiskey isn't quite old enough. So they're going to be releasing it later this year. So they've been not only making gins and different types of spirits. Like, a, I think they made a sort of barley, malted barley spirit. But then here they've got different new makes. So this is whiskey before it's become whiskey, basically. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and what they're doing here is experimenting with different yeasts, different malts, and this one's using chocolate malt.
0: Amazing. Okay, I'm going in. That's delicious. Spirit itself is completely colourless. Like, it's completely clear liquid. But it tastes like whiskey, like a dark whiskey. So, yeah, this is...
1: This is where like they're they're a very interesting distillery. Because you know they're they're experimenting with different malts, different yeasts, and the new make that they're creating is so complex that I can't imagine what their whiskey is going to be like. Because if they can make something so delicious and so multi-layered before it's even seen the barrel, what gonna, what's going to what's going to happen in the barrel is it's going to mellow, it's going to bring out you know vanillins, it's going to bring out those sort of toasty notes depending on the type of barrel. It could be nutty. It's going to bring in tannins, stuff like that. just their their raw materials are super super exciting
0: that's really interesting thank you for sending me that I've never tried a new make before and it's cool because we've talked about the process on the episode as well so this is literally part of that process it's not the finished product yet I love it Thanks for listening to A Future Made.
1: Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Just search for A Future Made to make sure you don't miss an episode.
0: Or you can head over to Harriet Wall University's website at hw.ac.uk.